Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Win, pod, repeat. Coming at you. Breaking the rules again. Uh, the Red Sox lose again. Uh, but we're still here podcasting because uh, if we don't, uh, then I really just wasted a shitload of money on all this recording equipment. Uh, Sam Anthony here with Spencer Wellington. Spencer, uh, listen, you got to go get drunk this weekend in uh, Deep Creek. Um, was that better than watching the Red Sox on Sunday? Um, I can guarantee it was better than watching the Red Sox because watching the Red Sox is a pointless activity these days, um, which I don't do anymore. I haven't watched since who did we play before the Orioles? Um, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I haven't watched in a long time. The Yankees? The Yankees. Yeah, I watched one of the Yankees games and they won. So that's so like that was fine. But, um, yeah, (laughs) no, I don't care anymore. And I've been taking like a break from baseball kind of overall. I used to like read every Fangraphs article like every day. Um, and you know, I still read a couple of them, but. You know, I'm taking a nice break. I'm I'm reading football articles now. I'm getting ready for football season. Uh, Mac Jones about to lead the Patriots to uh, uh, play the playoffs again. So, um, yeah, football, Deep Creek vacations, everything's better than the Red Sox right now. It's like a uh, it's a it's a mental health cleanse. You know, you're just you're really clearing. Is. No negative thoughts. No negative energy. No watching the Red Sox struggle to score runs. Like it it makes me, you know, like. All right, so like we're where we're at at this point, right? The Red Sox have a two point seven percent chance to make the postseason, according to FanGraphs. That's, that's high. That's way too. Yeah, high. it's generous, and and like feeling like the way they've played really since the start of July. Yeah, that's like. Which, by the way, crazy to think that on uh, June twenty sixth, they had an eighty percent chance of making the postseason. Like it is cr- pretty crazy to think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the thing that sucks is. This is the time of year when you want, like, because you're getting those fall feelings. You know, that's what I was getting in Deep Creek because it was nice and not 90 degrees there uh, this weekend. And you want to be feeling playoff baseball coming. That's, like, what this time of year is for. Um, and that's just not even on my radar, you know? That's, like, what what the hell that sucks. At least give me some hope. At least give me some important September games. But they're not even giving us that. So it's just... Um, you know, if they're not going to give me that, then I'm not going to give them my uh, watching of games. Yeah, I mean, it's just, so, I mean, I just, I, I think, obviously, like, like, July was terrible. July was one of the worst months in the history of, like, Red Sox baseball. Like, they've very, that time. like, yeah. Um, and it's amazing to me because that washed out all the, I mean, the Red Sox season can really be focused down into that like five, six week stretch from, you know, May, mid May to the end of June, where the Red Sox were playing good baseball. Besides that, it's been the same story of a team that can't consistently score runs, uh, struggles to hit home runs, um, a bullpen that's a liability, and, you know, an injury riddled rotation which has you know shown its real like lack of depth um I mean it's issues across the board I mean you know JD Martinez finally you know homered broke I mean JD and Xander were mired in homerless streaks uh Rafael Devers was really not I mean he's clearly not 100% hasn't been playing his best ball uh there was a point 
where the best player on the team and he was playing well, but it was Christian Arroyo. And if you're telling me Christian Arroyo is the best team player on your roster, I'm going to assume that you're a last place team in the division, which is what the Boston Red Sox are. And they've shown that they are. I mean, you know, sounds like a bad baseball team. Yeah, they they are. And, you know, this is obviously the the discussion that's going to go through the end of this season and into the off season is the moves that Heim Bloom made in the off season, because obviously Heim Bloom is, you know, the president of baseball operations for the Boston Red Sox has been, he's operated differently than previous, you know, gener- previous, you know, regimes. Uh, Dave Dombrowski, the most, you know, obvious comparison, a guy who, you know, went and signed the big names and traded away the prospects and the Red Sox are operating in the opposite fashion, which in 2021, you know, seemed to work. They went and got guys like, you know, the Kike Hernandez's who ended up going and having, you know, this really incredible postseason run um, under the radar guys that were really great. This year, it feels like all those under the radar moves didn't really pan out for the Red Sox. Um, the only one that I can say, you know, in a way panned out has been Tommy Pham at the trade deadline has actually been pretty good for the Red Sox and proven to fill, but you know, the Hunter Renfro, Jackie Bradley Jr. trade was a fail. Um, even going back to last season, um, Austin Davis trading for him was a fail. He just got DFA'd. Um, it just, it's the the list can go on and on about the moves that Hein Bloom made that didn't pan out, which obviously, you know, comes with the territory of making those kinds of moves. They're, you know, they're risky moves with, you know, you're, you're buying low and hoping you can sell high. Um for the Red Sox, you didn't think none of those things were going to pan out, but it really feels like not a single one did. Yeah, I mean, you can... This, these things go back and forth. I mean, last year this time we were talking about all the moves that he made that did pay yes. off, that you know, led them to the playoffs. So, I mean, it's all a matter of how it turns out. Um, and the Red Sox are bad now, and so we're going to focus on the things that didn't work out and the, you know, the moves that were, were not... Um, that didn't work. And but some of them did. Like Waka has been really good. That's he fair. Hurt That's for a fair. Yeah. Um, Rich Hill has been very solid. Best Again, performance hurt. of the season um, on Saturday, actually, too. And like that's a kind of a theme. Hill got hurt. Waka got hurt. Trevor Story got hurt. Um, and like I guess the things that I would complain about most is kind of the, the holes he left on the roster that he didn't fill. Um, like betting that Kike Hernandez was what he was last year, that that was his baseline. I mean, like that was his career year and he's what, like 31 or something like that. I think Yeah, that's probably wasn't going to be his, you know, his year this year. That wasn't going to be his baseline. We needed outfield help. He didn't get it. Um, we needed bullpen help. Just completely ignored that left guys like, Frazier on this team and you know you saw Matt Barnes collapse last year in the second half and they're like oh well he'll bounce back and maybe he's bouncing back now but you know for the first half of the season for the first four months of the season he was useless um so you had Whitlock who they wanted to use in the rotation and then like your bullpen was just shambles you had like Austin Davis and Salomar who they just DFA'd so um yeah, I mean the the Jackie Bradley Jr. trade is definitely like a big whiff because Hunter Renfro has been great for the Brewers this year, and Jackie Bradley 
was awful. I mean, who knows? Maybe Ben Ellis one day, you know, comes up and he's a starting third baseman. That's not his projection at this point by really any scouting um, website. So that's probably not what's going to happen. So I think it's that and it's the moves that he didn't make, the holes that he left on this roster that once we had injuries, you know, the wheels kind of came off. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, that's tough. Like, I mean, you're talking about like, anything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Red Sox. I mean, you didn't expect Trevor Story to miss as much time as he's missed this year. Um, yeah, you didn't expect the, you know, the freak injury of Chris Sale in his, you know, second game back. Um, I mean, you know, the biking accident after didn't help, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it definitely didn't help. No. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, the timing of us recording this podcast is actually pretty good because... Obviously, Jared Carabas dropped his podcast this morning um, and in the podcast talked about how um, the Red Sox ownership is not thrilled with Heim Bloom. The quote was, I don't think that Heim Bloom is going to lose his job before opening day, but his employment does not feel guaranteed either. So obviously, Red Sox I mean, just kind of explodes. Like some BS there. Like, I like Carabas and all, but that seems like a little wishy-washy, like just trying to throw some controversial shit out there. Um, yeah. to get the quick date, you know? Because also, like... like I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but I'm not saying he's not going to get fired. Like, then you're not saying anything. Yeah, which, so. like, I mean, ultimately, you know, in the world of, of professional sports, like, anytime you have a year like the Red Sox had in a market like Boston with a team like the Red Sox, like, when you... Like, I mean, look at Ben Sherrington. When Ben Sherrington won in, you know, 13, but he's out in 15... Like, yeah. you know, like, of course, the conversation with the way that the year went was, is Bloom going to get fired? Of course, when you ask ownership, ownership's not going to be thrilled with a, you know, 62 and 66 record from the Boston Red Sox. Right. Like, the expectations were they we were going to compete for the division. We know this ownership pulls this bullshit all the time. Yeah. We did it with Dombrowski and Sherrington. And, you know, there were times that they were pissed at Theo and Theo just kind of barely skated by it's, it's what this ownership has been um you know some of it is justified they're paying a lot of money for this team that sucks um i would probably be pissed to spend almost 200 million I, are they over 200 million i feel like they might be over 200 million this year um on a team that is mediocre and has collapsed in the second half so i get it but also as you and i know this is all a process you got to give a guy more than two years to figure it out. And, you know, I think, you know, the people on this podcast have seen enough from Heim Bloom to know that he knows what he's doing. You know yes. what I'm saying? So you got to give that guy more of a chance than two years. So, uh, and in case you're wondering, because uh, $220 million is the payroll this year for the yeah, Boston Red Sox. Yeah, so that's, that's a lot of money. A lot of money. You can kind of see where that frustration comes from. Yeah. So, but, you know, obviously some things, this offseason is going to be very interesting. And obviously we're going to talk about it more as we get into September, as we get into the end of the season, the offseason, et cetera. Um, but, you know, there's J.D. Martinez, who's going to be a free agent after this year. Um, there's Nathan Avaldi, who will be a free agent after this year. Um, there's Xander Bogarts, who will likely opt out of his deal. Um, though, I mean, he hasn't been playing great. I would still assume, I mean, he's still, you know, statistically 
one of the best shortstops in baseball. Um, so he's right. likely yeah, to try and opt out of his deal. Um, Kike is a free agent. Michael Walker is a free agent. Um, obviously, there's just the decision on James Paxton. Um, the Red Sox likely not to pick up his $13 million option, though James Paxton could pick up the $4 million player option to stay around, which feels more likely. Um, 42 and a half year old Rich Hill will be a free agent. Matt Strom will be a free agent. Like a lot of guys are going to be gone. Kevin Ploiecki is going to be gone after this year. A lot of money coming off the books. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of money coming off the books. Yes. And so obviously it's going to be interesting to see what the Red Sox do. We're going to get back into the, you know, Xander Bogarts extension area. We're going to get into the, you know, Raphael Devers going into his final year extension conversations. Those are going to be things that kind of happen. Um, in your opinion, Alex Verdugo is going to be gone. Uh, gone. That, that's uh, rule number one of this offseason. That is task number one, job number one for Bloom is get rid of Alex Verdugo. I mean, listen, I love Alex Verdugo, and I enjoy yeah. him on the roster. Um, but if I'm going to be realistic, and I'll be realistic for just a moment, we'll turn off the, the fandom. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm about to hear right now. There's definitely a team that's willing to take a chance on Alex Verdugo. Yeah. At, you know, he's going to be he's going to be 27 next year. So there's going to be teams that are like, "Oh, he'll be in his prime. Let's take a shot on him." You know, you can probably get some guys, especially with the way that Alex Verdugo's been hitting the baseball during this. Yeah, like a Andrew Benintendi situation. Exactly. Exactly. So and listen, you know, you get a Josh Winkowski out of that deal, you could consider that a, a victory. And I know what's going to happen is if Alex yeah, Verdugo gets Cordero, moved. bro, come on. <laughs> hey, listen, Franchi Cordero, four home runs in his last eight games. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I did see the notifications over the weekend and I was like, what, what the hell? What, what, what is going on? Yeah, he's just uh, out there. perfect for Franchi to just come up when it doesn't matter anymore and start hitting bombs. Like, screw yeah. you, man. Listen, no. good for good for Franchi. It's probably going to get him some money somewhere else. <laughs> I'm not even going to say good for Franchi. Screw that. Uh, but you got to think, right? Like even as well as he's playing, if the Red Sox are going to call up Tristan Cassis, Franchi Cordero is going to be the one to get the. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, so he's back. It makes me mad. Yeah, so I, you know, it's interesting. So I guess like that's that's a good segue into like the next thing we're going to talk about here is. I think, you know, the Heim, Heim news kind of took over social media because that also happened in the middle of the day. But the day started with uh, Sawamura and Austin Davis both getting DFA'd. Um, so it's starting to feel like the Red Sox are, you know, cleaning house. Um, so the, the question obviously is, and, and Tyler Milliken tweeted out, hopefully the Red Sox go all in on cutting some of the dead weight on this roster. Give me Connor Wong. Frank German, Tristan Cassis, and so on, make the next five weeks worth watching. Feels like that's the direction that the Red Stars are headed, but it also feels like the direction that they should be headed at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I think we talked last time about Connor Wong coming up. Like, why is Bluecki still on the team? Yeah. He sucks. And he's not, play- he's not, he's not playing well. Defense. Yeah, he's not good at defense or offense. So, like, what? Or why? Yeah. And, yeah, so give me Connor Wong, give me Cassis. I don't know what Frank German's stats are this year, but like he can't be worse than Ryan Brazier, right? So no, get Brazier off this team. Yeah. I was so surprised to see like the headline for Leisure Reports 
um, notification was Red Sox cleaning bullpen or something like that. Yeah. And then it, I looked and it wasn't Brazier. Come on, I know. what are we doing? Why is he still on this team? Especially after the performances this past weekend. Like, there was a lot of from him he that... He got absolutely destroyed by the Blue Jays. I don't know yeah. what it is. He must be holding Heimbloom hostage or something like that. So, like, does he have Heimbloom's mother, like, held hostage? It must be. Must be. His girlfriend, like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is it is remarkable because this is the greatest season the, Red, the Blue Jays have ever had against the Boston Red Sox, ever. And, and it will go down as the greatest season ever because after this, the schedule obviously changes and we don't get, you know, 18 games against the Blue Jays anymore. Um, which, by the way, for the Red Sox, thank God that we're going into a play everybody format because with the way this division is, it, like, think about it. Yankees are not going to be going anywhere. They'll always be a team that's at least a winning record. Um, the Blue Jays' future is very bright. The Rays are going to ray. Uh, the Orioles are going to keep getting better. Like, if, if you think the Orioles are going away at this point, like, the next three or four years are going to be fucking miserable. Uh, so not having to face them a million times, fucking awesome. Like, give me – yeah, give me a series against the Pirates every year. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I'd... and then the Blue Jays went and got swept by the Angels this weekend. So you know, I know like, they just gear up for the Red Sox and just destroy us, beat the crap yeah. out of them, and then they go lose to some crappy team like yeah. the Angels. I-, I will say though, like that's how I felt about this race series was it was like the you know fucking the Red Sox just couldn't close out like they, there were games they blew late that extra innings loss like it's like close out your close out the fucking game, um, yeah. and then you go and you They've take never two... done that. no all, like. Weird. So it's, it's interesting, right? And I was thinking about this while I was watching the Rays series because obviously last year uh, the two teams that led Major League Baseball in comeback wins were the Rays and the Red Sox in 2021. And so I feel like, you know, we talk about how this year if they made the playoffs, it would ignore a lot of glaring issues that the Red Sox had this year. It felt like they had so many come-from-behind wins that, you know, I mean, some were that the roster, you know, was working and everything was clicking. But some of that is, you know, wow, they got away with a lot of wins there. They kept going down early and it was yeah. ignoring a lot of mistakes that then came into this season. And you're like, oh, shit. Because like that is I mean, that's the story all year has been the Red Sox go down early and they can't come back because they don't have the same run production they were having last year. And we can also think back to last year when we weren't confident at all going into the playoffs because... Yep. They faltered down the stretch just like they did this year, just not as pronounced and not as early. Like July was fine. They didn't collapse in July last year. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think this is all kind of a, a result of Heimblum trying to thread the needle between doing his raise kind of stuff and also meeting ownership's mandates to win at the same time. And it worked out last year. He, you know, he threaded that needle, but it's tough to do. And it's especially tough to do it two years in a row. And here yeah. we are where he hasn't done it this year. So, you know, you have these two years and you have some some hits and some misses. Meanwhile, you have the farm kind of building and growing and getting some guys that you can start to look at down the road as being cores of the next, the next great Red Sox team. So I think, you know, he, I think that's what he's been trying to do this whole time and that's what's hopefully coming starting next yeah. year with Cassis, you know, guys like that. That's kind of what we have to hope for. I will say like, 
I think that would be the thing that would keep me really like, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I'm going to pay attention to what the Red Sox are doing the rest of the season, but um, a guy like Tristan Cassis would get me watching for the rest of Absolutely. the year. Because I mean, I wouldn't watch every game, but I would definitely, you know, watch his first couple of games. See what he's and doing. you know what? I'd be checking the, I'd be at least checking the box score every night. How did, how did Absolutely. Tristan do? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and like, Stuff like that, like tonight, like you have you have Bayo on the mound against. Wow, well, I thought I was going to sneeze there. Um, against Minnesota, <laughs> and like I want, like what I want to see from Bayo, like you're not going to go look at Bayo's stats at the end of the year and be like, he's amazing. He's got a seven three six ERA, but you're looking yeah. like his last, like he's shown flashes of what we think Brian Bayo is going to be, and that's all you care about. You know, you want to see improvement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're on the same page. By the way, Frank German. Uh, I got his stats up. So he had, he's got a 3.02 ERA overall, um, 3.18 with Portland. Since he's been called up to Worcester, 27 games, 33.1 innings. He's got a 2.97 ERA. So he's coming out of the bullpen? Yeah. Or is he starting? Yeah. Uh, coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is which is fine. Five saves. Um Listen, I'd, I'd love if it was him and Whitlock that were the stars of the bullpen because we got them both from the Yankees. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's all I want. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting... Obviously, that's not the most exciting thing in the world, getting a future guy for your bullpen to come up. But, like, this is... You want to go, like... It's something. And if I'm, if I'm the Red Sox front office, I want to assess what these guys look like to you know, see, hey, how confident do we feel going into next year that these guys, you know, we don't have to go get a guy in the offseason. These guys can right. fill the holes for us. Yeah, you need to know what you have to, yeah. need to know what you need to go get. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, I'm very interested. Yeah. Um, listen, you know, I got to, I got to, being down in Charlotte, you're at least close to, you know, the Salem Red Sox will come down to Kannapolis and play, so I'll go see them. But I, I went down and saw the Greenville Drive this weekend, which was awesome. Um, because batting one, two in the lineup for Greenville was Marcella Meyer and Nick York. You also had blaze Jordan out of the five spot. Um, and it was awesome. Marcella Meyer homered. Um, yeah, honestly, like going to a minor league game, like minor league games are fun, but when it's guys that you like, like a guy like Marcella Meyer and a guy like Nick York, like first round picks with, with hype, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny because. Um, I was in the stands and probably like five rows over, like a little girl ended up with a Marcella Meyer, like foul ball. And I'm like, I really hope this little girl realizes like how sick that is. Like, it's not just some like no name guy. No, yeah. no idea. Um, but it's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should have been like, I'll give you $5 for the ball. Yeah, exactly. Get her some cotton candy. Yeah, there we go. See, yeah, we're buying off small children. So, uh, I'm, call me a uh, regular Zach Hample over here. Yeah, there you go. Basically the same guy. Yeah, basically. Just just as evil as Zach Hample. So, I love, by the way, did you see, like, the baseball community just actively, like, all ganging up on Zach Hample this past week? I don't know if you probably saw that. No, I, like, I saw the name. I saw the headline of, like, yeah. the Rockies, something like that. He was, like, yeah. bitching about the Rockies Stadium. Yeah. Right? So Zach, uh, Marcus Stroman called him a bum on Twitter, which is amazing. I'm not like the biggest Marcus Stroman fan, but I was like, I got, I'm behind you, Stro. Let's go. Yeah, in this instance, at least. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, it's just like, 
Yeah, Marcelo Meyer, that was cool. Blaze Jordan's been tearing it up since he's been in Greenville. He had a 500 OBP, so you're just like sitting there and you're like, damn, okay. The thing that really stands out to me about Meyer, though, I mean, like the home run was awesome. Um, his his eye is unbelievable. Like, cause he yeah, like when I coming into Saturday, he had like a 192 average with Greenville since he'd been called up. He'd been up there for like 10 or 11 games, but his OBP was still 310. Like, it's just like for a guy that's 19 years old to be like, I think that's like the biggest thing that stands out to me with him was like, you got to see the home run, but that was cool. But like he reached base three times in that game just because he was drawing walks, which again, for a guy, you know, I just, you just, oh, it's exciting. Like, I know obviously it's, we're going to, you know, we're still two or three years away from even sniffing that guy in the pros, but yeah. it's pretty cool. How was um how was the Greenville drive experience? How was the I stadium? Do. How was yeah? That? Well, so I usually I've I've gone on like dollar beer night, which is way better because um, <laughs> yeah, the beers probably. then go up to you know eight dollars. Um, but the stadium's cool. I, I think it's hilarious. Every Red Sox minor league park has like their own form of the Green Monster. Um, so there's okay. the the Greenville monster. Um, there's also like a little like rooftop behind the monster. So like you can even just go and like drink at this bar and watch like drive games, which is kind of dope. Um, but I will say like, I would not go live in Greenville, South Carolina, but honestly, like not a bad place for like a day trip. So like the stadium, like right behind the stadium, just this like main road and there's all these restaurants and bars and it's like really pretty and it's really walkable. Um, and it was actually like a really great place to like, go catch a baseball game like the stadium was nice um i had like second row seats like right along the foul line um i had to like fight off some like small children who were like in my seat and that was not fun but sometimes you just listen it's a miley park so like kids go have fun but like i was just like they were just like climbing over stuff and i was like nope i was like i haven't had enough beers to to deal with you um there was this couple that was like planted yeah yeah, it really oh, makes me realize I don't miss working in minor league baseball. Um, yeah, so can't go back once once you're in the pros. Once you get a taste of the pros, you can, they can't send you back down. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah, I liked it for uh, for Greenville. Yeah, did uh, sponsor the podcast. Absolutely, listen, go drive. Um, I've heard Worcester is amazing. That's where I really want to go. My brother goes to Worcester games all the time because it's cheaper than Red Sox games, um, okay. and yeah. Um, but he loves it and he said it's like super easy to get to the tickets are cheap. Like the stadium's really awesome. Um, so that's, that's how I, it's the only reason I would ever want to go to Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, but listen, worth it. Yeah. One day we'll get there. Yeah. One day. Listen, next year we're making, making the trip. You know what? Again, I'll go back to the the schedule. I love Mm -hmm. the way the schedule is now because it's not like, you know, like the Red Sox are going to go to Wrigley field again next year. And so instead of having to be like, we have to wait five years for this to potentially happen again in the schedule, like every other year you're going to get that matchup in that location that you want, which I think is great for baseball because for fans that don't live, you know, where their team is, like we do, you're, there's more chances every year to go see the Red Sox play, which is great. Um, and if you want to go to a destination, you know, like if you're a t- you know fan of an AL team and you want to go to Wrigley Field, you know, you have that excuse to go. And you're also, and if you live in Boston, you know, like, I mean, I was talking to you about going to games. It's like, oh my gosh, like the Mets play there, the Dodgers play there. Like there's some really fun matchups and 
that you can go to. You know, it's not like, because, like, you know, sometimes you're like, like, when I lived in New England, you know how many fucking, like, Rays and Orioles games I went to? And it's just, like, it's cool because it's family and it's awesome. But, like, to me, yeah. like, that doesn't excite me as much as the team that, you know, maybe you don't see as often with some players that you don't get as often. Yeah. I've, I've seen enough Red Sox Orioles games in my lifetime. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Especially it's... Especially bad Orioles games. Yeah. I don't know if you... I don't know if you saw this. So, as a, as a frequent... Or, I'm not even a frequent. I've been to a few... I went to two last year, and so I'm on the Orioles like email list or whatever. Right. Um, it makes me sad. Like the Orioles are like a fun team to go watch, and they're mm-hmm. competing. Um, but you can for forty dollars, you can get every game for the rest exactly. of the year. Yeah. yeah, I like if I lived in Baltimore, I would just do it, and like I'd be like, okay, well maybe I go to like three of them, but it's forty bucks. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if I had any desire to go to the Red Sox series. I'd probably do that, but I don't really care anymore, so no. I don't really want to go. Yeah. How far is it yeah. to get you into Baltimore, by the way? Uh, it's like 45, 50 minutes. Oh, so that's not terrible, but yeah, like, because like, that was the thing, is like, for you, it'd be like, oh my gosh, like, if the Red Sox were competitive, and like, you're going into a series where like, between the two of them, it could be like, you know, jumping the Orioles in wildcard wow. position, it'd be like, oh my gosh, that's you could like, because I think that's the, the second to last series of the year is Baltimore, and then it's Tampa Bay. Yeah, they're coming in like two weeks or something like that. They're coming yeah. back to Baltimore. Um, and yeah, I was like thinking back when the Orioles started to get good and the Red Sox weren't this bad yet, I was yeah. thinking that that was going to be a fun series to go to. And now it's just not. So I'm going to go ahead and skip that and wait till next year. Yeah, that's that's good. But yeah, and like it just makes me sad that like the Orioles, like so few people are still going to Orioles games that yeah. they have to like do like for 40 bucks, like 40 bucks wouldn't get you one game at Fenway park. Like it probably would now, but well, yeah, normally it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, normally it wouldn't. So, uh, yeah. Cause it was funny. Like my brother texted me the other day and he's like, yeah, it's like sucks that the Red Sox are bad, but he's like, I get to go to a bunch of games now because tickets are really cheap. And I'm like, that's yeah. nice. So, uh, so like, do you want to go at that point? Like, I'm kind of glad that we didn't, schedule our like labor day weekend trip because i don't it'd still be fun obviously like to go to fenway and all but it's way more fun to go if they're good yeah absolutely uh especially if you're gonna go all that way yeah and if it was red sox rangers next weekend now yeah do we does anybody care no no i mean that's not like noteworthy in like any means you know again the only reason you're gonna really lock into a red sox game is for the debut of like a tristan Cassis. like that's yeah that's true that's going to be it. But, like, the problem with that is is you're not going to know about that until, you know, the day of or two days before or the day before. Right. You know, yeah, you can't plan that. You're not planning for a trip, you know. Like, yeah, I'm not getting in my car and driving up to Boston and be like, it's time, let's go, Tristan, Tristan Cass's yeah. baby. One day so, when we have, like, a bunch of money and a bunch of vacation time, we'll be able to do that. But that's not Yeah, well, once, once the podcast goes mainstream, right, we're going to just, that's all we'll do. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, all right. So we're winding down here. Um, man. Yeah, I mean, I think just to me, right? I think this is it's a sad note to wrap wrap up on, but um, you know, we're kind of at the point where we can you know, it's funny cuz like this gives me a lot of 2019 vibes like right after the Red Sox won the World Series where like MLB like when I worked it was cuz that was right when I started working at MLB Network and I just remember like Every night we'd have like the playoff picture, you know, 
starting in August and you'd have like the Red Sox at the bottom of the playoff picture. And it was like every day in the production meetings, the discussion was, it's like, how much longer are we going to leave the Red Sox like in the playoff picture? Like they yeah. finally start, started like taking them out of it on like standings graphics on like ESPN. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad that like, we're not like trying to like cling on to like, like if the Red Sox go and win like 10 in a row and it's like, okay, throw them on the board. Absolutely. Like they've earned it. Still probably not going to happen, but they, they've earned the conversation again. Like the way they've played the last two months, it's like I like taking someone off the board, right? That's like the like they're done. They're out. You know, you can throw the odds all they want. You know, the Orioles, you got to leave on the board because now their, you know, playoff percentage is at like nine percent. Like when they were playing well to start, everyone's like, you know, it was still at like a two percent chance because it was the Orioles and everything told you that the Orioles weren't gonna be competitive. Which it's crazy that the Orioles percentage is still that low. When they're yeah. only like a game and a half back, and the Red Sox still have a three percent chance, so not that different, and they're seven yeah. games back. Yeah, like um, Which... just the projection systems just don't believe in the Orioles at all whatsoever. Yeah. And the Orioles just keep saying we don't give a shit about what you think. Yeah, and they just keep winning, which is frustrating. You know, I mean, what's crazy is like they were playing a meaningful series against the Astros this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's um. It's insane. Yeah. So listen, you know, good for them. There's, it sucks for the Red Sox. No good for them. No, (laughs) no, not when my family and friends are Orioles fans. It's not good for me. Yeah. That's real tough for you, huh? It is tough for me. I mean, if the Red Sox were also good, then it's fine. Then I don't care. But the Red Sox suck. And so then then it makes it worse for me. If it makes you feel better, it's really all about what it makes for me, Sam. Absolutely. Listen, just, just remind them that, you know, Lamar Jackson's, you know, holding out on his, or they're having, you know, negotiation problems with their contract, and maybe the Ravens will end up, you know, blowing the season in what should be a really wide open division because the only competitive team is the Bengals. So, yeah, well, I'm going to tell every Ravens fan I can get to buy it that they're going to trade Lamar. Um, yeah, which you know is some, like it's not zero the amount of Ravens fans you can tell that to. Yeah. Um, or, you know, he's just going to pull Joe Flacco and they're going to win the Super Bowl this year and then he's going to get paid a bunch of money, which that would be worst-case scenario. Yeah, listen, as a Steelers fan, like, I don't want that either. So, like, we're both yeah. on that boat of, like, we can, you know... The only football thing we agree on. No, that's that's quite literally it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, listen, oh, oh my God. Well, all right. Listen, we're going to keep talking about football, but that, that's it. I'm done talking about the, the shitty fucking Boston Red Sox. Uh, listen, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Win pod repeat. Uh, the name is really yeah. Listen, uh, we we might have to consider a name change if the, after this. We season, might have an so. off season evaluation. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna have to do our own off season evaluation and uh, you know make some personnel decisions. Spencer's gonna trade me uh, to a Toronto Blue Jays podcast for cash considerations. Yeah, I just might. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the all audience right. on that joke. Absolutely, you know we gotta we gotta throw someone new in the in the mix here. So it depends on the right. considerations. Like, how much are we talking? You know, that's, that's what it yeah. comes down to. <laughs> Listen, if you can get anything for me, I'd be pretty impressed. So that'd be that'd be good negotiation right there. Yeah. So well, all right, folks, that's it. Win pod repeat, uh, same time next week. Catch us here. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Give us give us a like. Give us a subscribe, and uh, we'll catch y'all next week.